Welcome into HeartlandCollegeSports.com. I'm your host, Pete Mundo, as we roll through our Week 10 Big 12 football picks against the spread. Our picks are on a roll, by the way. I mean, we are 3-1 and one each of the last three weeks. We're 9-3 and three over that three-week stretch, so we are fired up. We're ready, and we're rocking through another week. We've got five games this weekend, so from now to the end of the regular season, and I can't believe we're in the final month of the regular season, we have got uh, a great situation on our hands. Five Big 12 games, no bye weeks over the next uh, four weeks. So you got to love that leading up to the Big 12 championship game. So let's start off, and let's go in order here of the games, and I'll begin with... The TCU-Texas Tech game. So TCU in this game is an eight-and-a-half point favorite. They opened up as a 10-point favorite. Now, I got to believe that TCU has a chip on its shoulder after how things went down on Tuesday night in the college football playoff rankings. I mean, TCU got screwed. Call it like it is undefeated, they're sitting there behind a bunch of teams that they have a better strength of record than and a better strength of schedule than, and they're at number seven. When you can make a strong case, they should be well ahead of Clemson, ahead of Michigan, ahead of Alabama, and you can make a case they should be ahead of Georgia. I'm just saying, that case can be made. So if Sonny Dykes is, is, is smart, and we know Sonny Dykes is smart, he will use this as motivation in that locker room to some degree. On top of that, you look at uh, this game on paper. Texas Tech, uh, I mean, they're a turnover machine. Tech has thrown 15 interceptions this season, most in the Big 12 by a pretty wide margin. TCU is second in the Big 12 in intercepting the ball with nine. That's second to only Kansas State. So that's a bad matchup for the Red Raiders right out of the gates. On top of that, is there QB drama for the Red Raiders? I would go with Baron Morton, never look back if I'm Joy McGuire. But I don't know. I don't know what his strategy is going to be on Saturday. You saw three quarterbacks last week against Baylor, and the game got completely out of hand in that fourth quarter. And, you know, the offensive line for Tech got a little bit better in recent weeks and then collapsed last week against Baylor. Now, Baylor's got a much better D-line than TCU, but still, TCU's going to be home. They're going to have some opportunities. It's going to be a tough environment. TCU is a tough place to play when Amon G. Carter Stadium's rocking. So I am going to roll with uh, TCU minus eight and a half in this game against Baylor, excuse me, against Texas Tech on Saturday as we get this uh, get this Big 12 slate off. TCU minus eight and a half on Saturday against Texas Tech. Speaking of Baylor, let's go to the next game on the Big 12 schedule. Baylor at Oklahoma. So the Sooners are three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Well, I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, finally, Baylor's offensive and defensive line is playing much better football, much better football than what I uh, anticipated. So early in the season, I thought Baylor possibly was the best in the Big 12 on both offense and defensive lines. And then they didn't come out of the gates that way. The last couple of games, though, you're starting to see things click on both of those lines, and that is huge. And what I expected to see this season from the Baylor Bears. On top of that, I'm looking at the running game in this one. So Baylor's got the number one rush defense in the entire 
Big 12 Conference. Yeah, I, I, that's probably something that a lot of people don't realize. This is the best rush defense in the entire Big 12. OU comes in as a team that, you know, has to establish the running game. It can't be all Dylan Gabriel, as good as he is, you know, and I think he's a good quarterback. They've got to have more balance in that offense. So Baylor can stop the Oklahoma run, I believe, on Saturday. And on the other side of the ball, Oklahoma can't stop the run to save its life. I know they held Iowa State to 66 yards, but put this into perspective. Oklahoma held Iowa State to 66 rushing yards last week, and Oklahoma is still dead last in the Big 12 in rushing yards allowed per game by nearly 30 yards per game, giving up 189 per game on the season. That is terrible. This rushing defense still, I don't believe, is very good. I mean, looking good against Iowa State and that offense right now is not impressive at all. On top of that, Oklahoma's second worst in the uh, opponent's third down percentage, so All in all, I think Baylor as the underdog is the play here on the road. I'm taking Baylor plus three and a half at Oklahoma on Saturday. Next up, Oklahoma State, Kansas. This game is a pick 'em, and boy, it really is, as the cliche goes, a total coin flip. This is the hardest game to pick in the Big 12 this weekend for a multitude of reasons the emotional angle and then the injury angle. Which starting quarterback is playing? Is either starting quarterback playing? I don't know if Spencer Sanders is playing or not for Oklahoma State. I mean, that a lot of rumors swirling around Spencer Sanders this week in Stillwater. On the other side, Jalen Daniels, quarterback for Kansas. Reports are he will play. I mean, at least you're hearing things that he will play, not official reports. Uh, so that's up in the air as well. So, and then on top of that, Oklahoma State's coming off one of the worst losses for a top 10 team in college football history. And on the other side of that, you've got Kansas, who's off a bye week and has lost three straight. So this game, (laughs) that alone makes this game a very difficult one to pick. Very difficult game to pick. So that's first and foremost. Then you look at the game itself. And uh, Kansas... It's the number one red zone offense and red zone defense in the Big 12. I like that in a pick game. And Kansas is going to be able to negate the Oklahoma State front seven, specifically that pass rush. KU does not give up sacks. They've only allowed five and eight games. That's number one in the Big 12. And Oklahoma State's defense, if it can't get to the quarterback, is going to be in for a long day. I like Kansas in this game in a pick It's a total toss-up. I could make the case either way, but I'm going to roll with the Kansas Jayhawks in a pick at home off the bye week against an Oklahoma State team that is uh, very banged up, most notably at that quarterback position. So that's where I'm going there. Next up, West Virginia at Iowa State. So throw the stats out the window for this game when I'm talking about uh, this one. I don't like to do it. But what I do before every game that I pick, before I look at the line, I guess the line. That way I just kind of see where my head is at versus where Las Vegas' head is at. And I'm not surprised Iowa State's a favorite here. I'm okay with that. I understand that. They're home. Both teams stink. But... Iowa State, with one of the worst offenses, the worst offense of the Big 12, is a touchdown favorite over anybody 
is absolutely shocking to me. Now, maybe, maybe West Virginia is that bad. Maybe West Virginia is totally given up. C.J. Donaldson, their star freshman running back, is done for the season. Maybe, maybe that's the case. I have a hard time buying it, but maybe that's the case. Still, seven points? Seven points for this Iowa State offense? I know they're home, but that is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. I cannot let this Iowa State team give up seven points to anybody right now with the way that offense looks. And I have been as down as anybody on West Virginia. But this is too big of a number. Way too big of a number at seven points. I mean, this has 20 to 20 to 17, 21, 17, 24, 20 written all over it between these two. Uh, so I am I am going to take the underdog here in West Virginia. I don't like it. I don't want to take West Virginia. They've been bad. They've been terrible on the road the last couple of games. They've gotten smoked in Lubbock. They've gotten smoked in Austin their last two road games. So I don't like doing it. I really don't. But man, I've got I've got no choice but the roll with West Virginia plus seven in this one. Uh, I and I understand that West Virginia lost the running back, but that's it's just too many points with the way the Iowa State offensive line has looked. All right, next up uh, in our Big 12 football picks against the spread, the night game: Texas at Kansas State. So the uh, matchup to watch here is going to be the Kansas State defensive line against the Texas offensive line. K-State is number one in the Big 12 in sacks. Texas has given up the second fewest sacks in the league this season. So if you want a matchup to watch, if you're a uh, football geek, that's the matchup to watch between these two teams. But now I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, I understand Texas coming off the bye. I understand K-State, emotional win, one of the biggest wins you know, against a top 10 team ever. I get all that. But K-State's home for a second straight week. Texas going on the road. Quinn Ewers is about to play in possibly the toughest road environment of his life. Now, this guy, before he played at Oklahoma State two weeks ago, hadn't started a road game since high school in 2020. This is a different beast. And uh, Manhattan's going to be rocking. The bill is going to be on fire on Saturday night. And that is going to be a very hostile environment. And for a freshman... Uh, making you know what is really his second ever career road start after his first road start a couple of weeks ago against Oklahoma State didn't go well. He completed 19 of 49 passes. Uh, that is reason to be concerned about this game, no doubt about it. Kansas State has to own the time of possession in this one, and then they've also got to be uh, the cleaner team, and K-State's done that most of the season. They're second in penalties. Texas is eighth in penalties going on the road in what's going to be a raucous environment. So in that scenario, if I'm getting a road or a home underdog, I am going to take the home underdog, and I'm going to roll with Kansas State plus – I'm going to buy half a point. So Kansas State plus three against Texas – on uh, Saturday night in Manhattan. I just, I, I cannot give Texas enough love to be a favorite in this one. I can't do it. So I'm rolling K-State plus three by the half a point if you have to against the Texas Longhorns. So to recap the picks, I've got TCU minus eight and a half against Texas Tech. 
I've got uh, Baylor plus three and a half against Oklahoma. Kansas and a pick against Oklahoma State. West Virginia plus seven at Iowa State. And then K-State plus three at home against Texas. There you go. The Big 12 football picks against the spread for week 10 of the Big 12 football season. I'm Pete Mundo. It's good to be here with you. So uh, let's talk about Gonzaga to the Big 12, shall we? Let's have this conversation. I don't like it. I don't like the prospect of it. I just don't. And I'm a Brett Yormark guy. Believe in Brett, baby. That's my guy. I'm all about it. I'm all about Brett Yormark. I love what he did with the new TV deal with ESPN and Fox. Seriously, I think he's going to be a very good and has already been a very good commissioner for this league. But the idea that the Big 12 would go down the road of adding Gonzaga, that scares me. Here's why. You remember the old Big East? Remember that? Big East back in its heyday. Let's go back 10 years ago and maybe more. 10, 15 years ago before, I guess, you know, all the realignment stuff. So we're going back about 15 years. It was a monster basketball league. You know, you think about that league and you think of the old Big East and you had Georgetown and Syracuse and Villanova and St. John's. You know, the list went on. Notre Dame was in there. Uh, West Virginia was in there. It was a monster, monster basketball conference. And it was like kind of a football conference. Some of the teams played football. Some of the teams didn't play football. You had basketball schools. You had football schools. And around and around we went. And that was a hang-up in the Big East. The Big East, in part, not the reason for it, but in part collapsed because it didn't know what it was. And the teams that realized they could make more money trying to be football schools decided that they were going to bail and they were going to try to be a football school and make more money. And the Big East identity was basketball. The core of it was basketball. It kind of was, in some ways, a football conference, but you had some teams that didn't play football or didn't play FBS football. Some were playing FCS football. Some weren't playing any football. And it made for a weird dynamic. And frankly, I don't want to see the Big 12 go down that road. I don't care that it's Gonzaga. I don't care that Gonzaga has played for national championships twice in the last five years. What you need are schools that at least are playing football at the FBS level. I'm not saying they got to be powerhouses, but they got to be playing. And Gonzaga has not had a football team since 1942, and that just creates a weird environment. It just does. And, you know, I thought Bob Huggins put it very well, the West Virginia uh, basketball coach. Here's what Bob Huggins said. Bob Huggins, on reports about Gonzaga, talking to the Big 12 about joining the conference, Bob Huggins, the West Virginia coach, said, quote, I would think it would be a tremendous awakening for Gonzaga to play who we play day after day. And that's exactly right. I know Gonzaga's got a national brand. I I understand that. But Gonzaga in the Big 12 is a completely different program. I don't think they're Gonzaga. 
I know they recruit well. I understand they get guys from all over the world, but they roll through the the uh, the West Coast Conference every year. They end up as a one seed, and they have an easier path as a result to the Final Four. Gonzaga is not a one seed year in year out in the Big Twelve. It's not. So their pathway to a Final Four, their pathway to a a national championship is more difficult, which means it's less likely to happen as often as it's happened the last few years for Mark View and his team. I'm not taking anything away from them. I'm just being realistic about how difficult this conference is. And then all of a sudden, what do you have? You have a, I mean, you got Gonzaga where, you know, I mean, it's, it's a nice story. Because they're a you know nice school up there, cute school up there in the Pacific Northwest, but they got they got seven thousand people enrolled there. It's not a big school. I don't think it's necessarily a huge fan base. And Spokane, Washington's not exactly around the corner. So I think the allure of Gonzaga and the shine of Gonzaga isn't there anymore if they're in the Big Twelve. I think that, you know, Brett Yormark at his core is a basketball guy, right? I mean, that's, that's who Brett Yormark is, worked for the Brooklyn Nets, the whole thing. Um, he's a basketball guy. And he's thinking, boy, if I got a conference with Kansas and I got a conference with uh, Gonzaga and I got Baylor and I've got Houston and, you know, all these schools that are really good basketball programs right now. We've got that national conference. We've got a huge product. Man, oh, man, it's going to be enormous. It's going to be huge. But I don't think that's the case. And I don't think that's, I just don't think that it's worth it to go the basketball route. The basketball route doesn't pay. That's the other thing as well. The basketball route doesn't pay. The Big East is making chump change on a per team basis compared to the Power Five schools. They've got a nice TV deal with Fox Sports, but it's nothing compared to football. I don't think you can go this route and, and, I think it looks fun on paper, but man, you're telling West Virginia to go to Spokane, Washington on a Tuesday night for a basketball game for a school that's not going to really bring you any juice when it comes to money because it's only a basketball school? I just, I, 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 can't, I can't justify that. And, you know, it's interesting, too, I was looking this up, the... Uh, the national championship game a couple of years ago between Baylor and Gonzaga, that Baylor ended up winning. The numbers weren't great. It was like $16 million and change. So it wasn't great. Like the championship game this year, UNC-Kansas, did a better number on cable than the Baylor-Gonzaga game did on CBS, on big CBS. And naturally, anytime a game is on big CBS, it's going to do a better number because not as many people have cable because of cord cutting and everything else. So, you know, the the idea of people coast to coast tuning into a Gonzaga basketball game, I just don't think that's true. And they don't have a football program. So if you're not guaranteed eyeballs, you're not guaranteed to bring any more money to the table, and you create an awkward situation where they're in the conference, but then they're not playing football, that's three strikes to me. I can't justify that. I can't. Now, obviously, this is just a report. We'll have to see what actually ends up happening here. But uh, I, I would be very, very leery of this being the route to go. I mean, I, I just, I think the Big 12 
is what it is. And when you talk expansion, you talk bigger state schools that are like-minded, that have football first as their program. And uh, that's, that's what I'd be looking at. I wouldn't get caught up with this whole, well, look at how good Gonzaga's been. And I know that they've got a history. I understand that. It predates Mark Few. But you know what? And, and I'm not trying to be crass here, but if Mark Few falls off a building tomorrow, what is Gonzaga? I mean, you know, yes, they're going to have good players, but are they the Gonzaga we think of them today? That's how you've got to think of conference expansion. That's why I would bring back Colorado. I know they're one of the worst football programs in America right now. But to me, it's not about how good you are. It's a bigger conversation than that. Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. It's so great to be here with you. We appreciate you guys joining us on YouTube Live. Appreciate you being here on the podcast, on Facebook. Hey, if you're on the podcast, leave a rating and a review, and we'll get you that free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail when you send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Yeah, uh, seeing some of your comments here, Zaga is a really bad idea. I just, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit at all right now. So you guys have a great night, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon, and enjoy the games on Saturday. Take care.